Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansighted and one of the founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast, where you can find the, the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod, where we tweet a lot about the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers. Not joining me, as always, is Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender. You can find him, him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is out of town tonight, actually visiting one of our good buddies who runs the Bucks Trilogy podcast, so unable to join us on this day where we saw some action from the Brewers. And because it was such an exciting day, I do have a guest planned for the show. So we'll get to an interview with David Gasper in the second half of this podcast. But before we get there, we'll just first off recap the move in general. It was another Houdini act from David Stearns to go out and acquire Omar Navarez from the Mariners in exchange for right-handed pitcher Adam Hill and then a draft pick. So the Brewers just acquired that draft pick yesterday, ship it right out, and you get one of the best offensive catchers in the game. So crazy stuff there. We'll save more of the Navarra's content for the David Gasper interview. But the acquisition obviously brought up the fact that, hey, the Brewers still have a hole at first base. David Stearns went on air today saying he's been talking with Ryan Braun a lot about position versatility, and he did not rule out that Narvarez would not play first. I mean, it's an option for him. So I think a lot of fans took that as, oh my gosh, Ryan Braun's going to be our opening day first baseman in 2020. Let's just calm down. Ryan Braun is not going to be our first baseman at least for, that's not going to be the plan going into the season. They're going to sign somebody else. Does that mean Ryan Braun won't play first? No, I think he probably will, especially with Ben Gamble most likely to get some more opportunities in the outfields. Uh, Ryan Braun could be used situationally at first. Obviously, think back to 2018 when we acquired Kane and Yelich and they tried the experiment there at first. He only lasted 18 games. It was, wasn't the best, but you know part of that was just due to the fact that Jesus Aguilar was breaking onto the scene. So they didn't really stick with Braun all that well because they're like, hey, this guy came out of nowhere and we'll ride the hot hand. And it, it obviously paid off for the Brewers that way. So there are options out there. And I just finished writing an article about CJ Crone, who was recently non-tendered by the Twins. So go check that out at Reviewing the Brew. But to summarize... Basically, I think I point out the fact that C.J. Crone would be a more superior option than Eric Thames was, and he's going to cost less, at least what Eric Thames was demanding anyway. C.J. Crone, you can probably get anywhere from 4 to $6 million. 
and he's a great hitter. He hits for a little bit higher average than what Eric Thames would have done. His power numbers are maybe just a little bit lower, but CJ Crone makes a lot more contact than Eric Thames was doing, and that results in more production. His RBI totals are always higher than what Eric Thames had, and you know, getting on getting contact and just making contact with the ball helps set up runners. It can help advanced runners, and there's just a lot more value in that when Eric Thames was a pretty high strikeout guy. Now, granted, Eric Thames did walk a lot more than what C.J. Crone has done over his MLB career, but you can kind of get rid of that and call it as a wash when you add in the fact that C.J. crone has been more effective, at least in run producing from that manner. So, Check that article out. It's a good read. There'll be lots of other articles from Reviewing the Brew coming out about other guys who are non-tendered and options that are out there who you didn't necessarily think of at the beginning of the offseason. So with that being said, I would like to jump to the interview with David Gasper now, where we spend most of our time talking about the Brewers' new catcher, Omar Navarez. David, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can maybe find you on social media and any other work that you do before we get started today? Uh, sure. So um, you can follow my uh, personal account on Twitter at dgasper24. Um, I've been the site editor at Reviewing the Brew for a year and a half now, about. Came back in in June of 2018. I uh, think was when I took over, so I've uh, been there since. This is my second full off season as the, uh, the editor of the site, and uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty fun so far, and it's only going to get a whole lot more fun with all the moves David Stern's doing. It's been a pleasure myself working with you. You get to edit all the articles I throw at you, and <laughs> so many corrections yeah. now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> all the spelling and grammar mistakes in there. Get, get the right form of there and your and... <laughs> And all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, you're probably a pro on that by now. Oh, yeah. I've had plenty worse to deal with, though. So. That's fair. Yeah. You're, not, you're not quite that bad. I'll take that as a compliment. All right, so obviously the Brewers made a trade today. Uh, they receive Omar Navarez in exchange for right-handed pitcher Adam Hill and then a competitive balance round B selection which the Brewers just acquired that pick yesterday. So kind of yeah. interesting. They flipped the switch just like that. But then they acquire a guy in a catcher who has three years of club control. He's projected to earn 2.9 in arbitration. So what can you tell us about Omar Navarez, the newest acquisition? Yes, yeah, so Narvaez, I mean, he's, he's 27 years old. I mean, still a fairly young catcher. He's been a very good offensive player for the most part throughout his career. I mean, he hits around in the 270-280 range for his batting average. You know, draws a decent amount of walks. Nowhere near as many as what Grandall put up uh, in 2019. But, you know, he's got some power. He's a left-handed hitter. And he, he just seems to get on base for the most part pretty well. He hits despite having pretty low exit velocities and, and hard hit percentages and it's just really kind of astounding looking at some of the peripheral stats, how he's been able to have success so far in his career. But, you know, he's had it, and he's been able to sustain it for the past couple of seasons, so it just it works. And, you know, left-handed hitter with some pop, and, you know, that plays well in Miller Park. Defensively, Narvaez is 
really a work in progress, uh, to put it lightly. I mean, he really struggles defensively with framing pitches and, you know, just moving around behind the plate. Uh, he's, he's just in general not that good at that. Uh, but the Brewers uh, think that they can develop him and, and kind of teach him to frame pitches a lot better. Uh, I saw he made comments today that he's already been in touch with Manny Pena, uh, has been talking with him, and is going to go work with him about um, doing some homework on the Brewers pitching staff. And Manny Pena, as we know, is a very strong defensive catcher as it is. Great pitch framer, great at blocking pitches, throwing runners out, all that stuff. So great guy to learn from in Pena, and the organization as a whole is going to, to focus on developing him behind the plate so that he's not you know, a negative producer back there. Um, while still being a, a positive contributor to the offense to really kind of replace Yas- Yasmani Grandal's offensive production as best as they possibly can. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Yasmani Grandal because he's already viewed as the replacement. And you take a look at what Navarez did and you mentioned in 2019, the numbers are impressive. In 2018, yeah, not so much. He only had nine homers, 30 RBIs, and just over 300 plate appearances. The batting average is up there as well. When I took a look at his advanced stats, the biggest changes he made this year was increases in launch angle and then fly ball percentages. So a lot of a lot of bloops and a lot of blasts seems to be the theme with him. What do you think we can expect from him in 2020? Are we going to see his numbers from 2019? Are they going to regress? Are they going to improve? I think for me, the initial thought is that he's going to improve at least a little bit. I mean, he's probably going to be kind of right around that mark. I mean, we're not going to see the, you know, like Christian Yelich kind of improvement where the batting average goes up 40 points and you know, all of a sudden you can double and triple the home run production. But, I mean, you're probably going to see him right around where he's been, maybe a little bit better offensively uh, being in Miller Park. Defensively, hopefully we're going to see some improvement out of him. And... You know, just trying to provide just that kind of positive contribution to the to the team and, and not kind of setting them back with, with his poor defense. Yeah, the Brewers definitely have a knack for working on uh, the catcher's defense, so they've been good at that in developing them. And obviously, you mentioned the great tutor, Manny Pena, is going to have that helps as well. So... What's your initial thought? Is this guy going to be someone who becomes the everyday starter at catcher? Is it become more of a platoon with Manny Pena? Or what's your thoughts there? Uh, I think it's going to be mostly um, he's going to be the starting guy. It's going to kind of be a platoon where Manny Pena hits against the uh, left-handed starters. But given the amount of righties in the league, right-handed pitchers versus left-handed pitchers, more often than not, it's going to be Narvaez in there behind the plate. And I could, and with the 26th man this year, um, teams are probably going to be able to carry an extra position player. And I, I could see the Brewers carrying a third catcher. And in that case, you know, say it's David Freitas or, or Jacob Nottingham or whoever it is, you know, you could have Narvaez in there for you know the first six innings or so. And you know, if the team gets out to a lead, you can put in Pena for the final couple innings for strong defense, just to ensure that you keep the lead and you still have a backup catcher there on the bench just in case Pena gets hurt. So I could see that being something that that happens, but I think for the most part it's going to be Narvaez. Uh, But we're going to see Manny Pena a lot more in 2020 than we did uh, this year in 2019 with Yasmani Grandal. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the 26-man roster because my initial thought was, the, knowing the Brewers, they'd use a bullpen arm for that spot. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Stearns even said today he wouldn't be afraid to carry a third catcher. And we know with how much he likes to double switch and make moves, I mean, that could put Narvaez in at first base, which wasn't ruled out as well. So I think when a lot of fans heard that, they were anticipating that he'd just be starting there. Or, you know, maybe we have games where Pena starts a catcher and Narvaez comes in at first to start the game, um, things like that. But, you know, depending on who plays first base, it might make sense to to keep his bat in the lineup. And if he's serviceable at first, uh, they can do that. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned his defense, and he's near the bottom of the league in framing and pass balls, throwing arm, doesn't throw out a lot of runners. And we don't really know who the starting rotation is going to be yet for the Brewers either. So do you see any issues with that, or is it going to kind of be a nice kind of fresh start for the Brewers catchers and pitchers, seeing how they're all trying to get to know each other? Yeah, I mean, the Brewers are going to make some additions to their pitching staff. I mean, they're not just going to go in, you know, with the group that they have now with Woodruff and Peralta, Burns, Lauer, and, uh, you know, a mix of Brent Suter and Adrian Hauser and a couple other guys. So, you know, they're going to add one or two established guys, I think, to this rotation by the time we get to opening day. Um, There's going to to be a couple more guys to learn, but, you know, for – Narvaez, uh, I really just think he's he's excited to, to do the work, and it's not uh, it's not on account of laziness that he's had the issues defensively. No, he's really tried to put the work in, and he's really going to you know do his homework, you know, for the pitching staff, and really kind of help them uh, get going and help himself get back get to where he needs to be. So he's motivated, and I think. You know, as long as he has the net, he's going to be able to improve at least somewhat defensively behind the plate. And they can just, you know, work around whatever it is that um, he still has a deficiency of throughout the season. So we mentioned a little bit about the comparisons with Grandal and Arvaez so far. How exactly do they compare, and what are some differences between their games, at least offensively speaking? Well, offensively... Uh, Yasmani Grandal has a bit more power, uh, for sure. Yasmani Grandal is a switch hitter, which provides extra value, for sure. Grandal obviously can also draw a whole lot more walks. It has a bit of a better approach at the plate. But Grandal doesn't have nearly as high uh, as bat- of a batting average. You know, he's kind of more on the 240-250 mark. And meanwhile, Narvaez is kind of generally around 270-280. And, I mean, batting average isn't as, you know, an end-all, be-all stat as it used to be. You know, with, with the new age analytics, you know, batting average is kind of, you know, taking a, a dip in terms of importance. But for Narvaez, I mean, he can still put up, you know, pretty good production um, with those extra, you know, with those extra base hits. And, you know, really, his OPS is, you know, last year, his OPS at 813. Um, which is still, you know, pretty good, pretty solid, an OPS plus of 120, so 20% above the uh, league average hitter, um, which is a great guy to get. And and Grandal had an OPS plus of 119. So if you look at it that way, Narvaez was slightly better overall. You know, they had similar slugging percentages. Grandal was kind of more around an 850 OPS as opposed to a low 800s OPS, but. You know, it's still just kind of 
a few players down uh, on the list of offensive catchers. Grandall's probably the the top one or, or two, you know, t- first or second offensive catcher in the league. And Narvaez, I think, was ranked fourth. So, I mean, it's just, it's pretty similar, just not quite as much power, not quite as much walks with Narvaez, but a little bit higher batting average um, and still pretty solid slugging. Definitely makes losing Grandall not seem like as big of a blow now that we know we're going to have some offensive production from that spot well, again. <laughs> but it's the defensive uh, problems where, where it comes in because Grandall was also an excellent defender, excellent game caller. I mean, Grandall, I mean, he basically single-handedly turned around Jordan Lyles there in the second half. I mean, Lyles gave Grandall most of the credit for his turnaround. And... Omar Narvaez is not going to have that kind of it, that kind of impact on the pitching staff. So it's going to be up to the to the Brewers to get better pitchers and try and improve them without the help of a fantastic catcher, unless they're playing Manny Pena uh, more often. So that's really where it kind of is, is going to hurt them and where it's going to kind of force them to to get some more established guys that don't need a great catcher to, to make them be successful. They can be successful in spite of, you know, having a not, not quite as good catcher defensively. Yeah, that makes sense. And if they do go out and get those pitchers that you just mentioned, I mean, that's going to help Narvaez tremendously too. And he's, some veteran pitchers are definitely going to appreciate the fact that it sounds like he's a hard worker, has a great work ethic, and who knows, eventually in his career, he, he will be one of those catchers uh, who can call a great game and other rookies or young guys will be looking to him for advice. Um, but he's just not at that point now, seeing how this is the first year of arbitration for him. But we'll thank the Mariners for the state that they're in, and he was a pretty obvious trade candidate for for to get rid of. So we'll count our blessings on that. But I think that's about all I got, unless you have anything else you want to say at all, David. I just uh, keep tuned to uh, reviewingthebrew.com for all your Brewers postseason coverage. We'll have plenty of stuff there, plenty of opinions and thoughts and coverage of all the breaking news throughout the offseason and then when it turns back to the regular season too. So it's going to be going to be a good time. Awesome. Thank you again for joining. Thanks for having me. All right, great talking with David Gasper there. Hopefully you guys all found that conversation insightful, for I certainly did. It's always good to hear lots of different takes from smart baseball guys on what's going on. So if you're not following Reviewing the Brew, again, selfish plug, go follow them. David Gasper, along with being the editor, does a lot of the writing as well. So he's a tremendous contributor for us makes a lot of incredible articles make sure you go check all them out and then of course make sure you're always coming back and checking this podcast out we're available on anchor spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, just about anywhere so make sure you're hitting subscribe we'll continue to get guests on for you guys and make this as enjoyable for you as you can Speaking of enjoyable, make sure you're checking out previous episodes. Trevor and I started breaking down the top 30 prospects all the way back in November already. So you're looking at guys who we've covered already in Peyton Henry, Lucas Erceg, Micah Bello, Pablo Abreu, 
Carlos Rodriguez, Brandon Webb, and the list goes on and on. Thomas Dillard, Adam Hill was on there who was just traded today. So make sure you go back and check those out. Put a lot of time into those. And again, they can kind of be listened whenever because unless they get traded, their their season recaps are going to be pretty relevant right up until spring training, which is, of course, when a lot of fans get Brewer fever. But for me, it's never left. We're in December and... I, it still feels like baseball's in full swing, especially with the way this offseason's going. But until next time, we will talk to you guys later, and peace out. <laughs> <laughs>